understand the next time you play your family, that to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Welcome back to episode 36 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we will be covering Chicago Fire season 6 episode 9 entitled Foul is Fair. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Gina. I'm joined by Brianna. Hello, everybody. And Ashley's back. Yay! I'm back. Hi, everybody. Stop getting sick. Use hand sanitizer. (laughs) Wash your hands. This is freaking weather. (laughs) Tell the weather to stop being bipolar all the time. Yeah, maybe next time you'll you won't steal our snow and ice. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Ashley. <laughs> the one who lives the furthest south out of all of us and you get the snow. It's not cool. <laughs> not even Yeah, it kind of sucks cuz I'm like over this cold weather and then it's icing and I can't go anywhere. So it kind of did suck, but It was like 70 it's... degrees today. Like what the hell? Yeah, here too. Yeah, here too, and I live the most north out of everybody. <laughs> Ugh, crazy. Crazy, crazy, yeah. So, as always, we like to start each episode with the news. The only thing is, it's been a slow news week slash news three days. I don't think we have any news, unless you guys saw something that I didn't. I've literally not seen a single piece of news all week. Anything, Ashley? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think things are starting to slow down a little bit. I guess since the Olympics are like right around the corner now and we're getting ready to go off the air for the month of February. The shows are. We're not. You're stuck with us. Sorry. Not even sorry. <laughs> um, we'll touch on that in a minute. But yeah, um, I think everything's starting to slow down with the Olympics and everything. So there's just not a ton of stuff coming out. But yeah. So as always, if you see anything, just send it to us. Email, DM, owl, however. Um yeah, it's a whole big internet out there, so we're bound to miss something. So, good thing is that we can jump right into the episode. So, as always, we break it down by storyline, not chronologically, but it always shakes out in the end. So, we're going to start off with the Bria thing. The giant Bria-sized elephant in the room. So, we, well, it's not giant. Bria's tiny, but you know what I mean. So... <laughs> Casey wakes up in the middle of the night. We hope, like this is the first scene of the episode. Casey wakes up in the middle of the night and Gabby is not there. I legit had a low-key heart attack in that moment because I was like, are you telling me she is still out with Severide? Same. I thought that's what they were going to say. I thought it was going to be like four in the morning and she was still out. And I was going to be like, oh, shit. This is not good. No, because they had a moment where he looked at the clock and it was like 2 a.m. And I was like, are you effing kidding me right now? Like, Severide has her out that late uh, in such a bad area. Yeah. Scary. So Gabby's in the living room and she's creeping Facebook and she's like creeping social media. She's basically looking for anything she can find on Bria. And, you know, she's in she's in Gabby mode here. She's going all Gabby Dawson. She's just full steam ahead, like, you know, tunnel vision. And Casey's like, what the hell are you doing? It's 2 a.m. Please come back to sleep. And Gabby's just going and going. And she's like, I found this. I found that. By the way, can Stella cover for me tomorrow? And Matt's like, um, okay. But he's also got that face. He's got like the Captain Casey face. The one that means like it's going to be a long ass episode. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You guys know the Captain Casey face when like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We saw it many times this episode for a couple different reasons. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's just 
yeah you know the face if you're out there and are like what captain casey face there's a face it's a captain casey face but yeah so there's after after a call which we'll talk about in a second because this call was crazy after a call one of the kids who was present that night at i guess it's called skid row but one of the kids recognizes severide and so they talk but before we even get into that i totally want to talk about this call okay so I always assume that when the alarm goes off to like be like, hey, truck, whatever, like this is the address, whatever. I always assume that these are like preset codes of like, you know, house fire or automobile accident or things like that. The code that comes in here is woman caught in machine. <laughs> so I'm like, that's really specific. What the hell? So they get to the call and this woman has her ankle trapped underneath a revolving door. This is another one of those calls. How the fuck does that happen? Yeah, I'm literally never going to be able to go through one of those revolving doors again without seeing that image of her ankle, like, caught under the door and, like, her screaming in my mind the entire time. Like, I'm never going to be able to just, like, go through one of those and not see that. I mean, revolving doors are typically, like, at ground level or a little bit above, right? How the hell do you get your ankle under there? I don't know, and that's why, like, I'm, like, I obviously, I know, like, it, chances are very, very, very slim that it'll ever happen to me again, but just seeing that image in my mind, it, it wasn't pretty, and, like, I don't, I don't want to see that, <laughs> I'm, but, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Usually, they are, like, usually, there's no space between the bottom of the door and the ground. Right, and, like, if it was going out of control and, like, I don't know, ran her over or something. It's still like a metal door with like glass. It's not, you know, if it was able to somehow come up and over her leg, like I'm yeah, so confused. I, I just I don't I yeah, I don't know. Some of these rescues I really need the clarification because then I sit here and I'm like, how did you get yourself in that situation? This is gonna bother me. Yeah. I just yeah, I'm baffled. Also, LOL at the guy impatiently trying to get to his meeting. Um yeah, he's, like, trapped in the door, and he's like, I have a meeting to get to. Like, I have to go. I have to go. Um, We used to fan up, or, yeah, we used to fantasize about that shit at my old job of, like, what if we got stuck in the elevator? We wouldn't have to go back to work. So, like, LOL at that guy trying to get to his meeting. Like, bro, just calm down. Calm yourself. Stay put. Also, and then he started shaking the door and making it worse on the woman's ankle. I was like, dude, I, you know, I feel you. You're in a very odd, precarious situation, but, like chill this is my only this is the only time i've ever actually enjoyed captain casey when he's like he's like yeah he's like we're gonna have to come back for you in like a minute like we need to go like take clean up the glass first before we can let you out like that's the only time i've ever enjoyed captain casey kind of being an asshole and then when he kicked the door stop like back into the door <laughs> like it's so great uh, finally captain casey being captain casey in an appropriate time right exactly oh that just the weirdest call i'm so baffled and i'm gonna think about it now and it's gonna like bug me damn it sometimes i need clarification on these just so bad anyway moving on so we don't talk about that the whole time so this kid like as we were saying this kid from skid row he talks to severide and he mentions that there's a food mart that bria sometimes hangs out at and it's nearby so the whole time this is happening though casey is watching over kelly's shoulder it's it's not supposed to be funny, but it's funny. Like, oh, it's funny. And so the kid walks away and Casey's like, 
what the hell? Where were you? Where'd you go? Why wasn't I invited? Like, it was one of those things. And he's asking Severide. And so he's really surprised that they went to Skid Row. He's like, you guys went to Skid Row? And Severide's like, Gabby told you this? And so he's surprised that they went to Skid Row. But then Kelly's surprised that Gabby hasn't talked to him. But then, like, uh, the good BFF he is just kind of drops the cold, hard truth on him. And he's like, listen, Dawson probably doesn't want you to worry. She knows how you feel about getting too close to victims. Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Yeah. No, at least somebody finally told Casey the truth. Because it's kind of been just the elephant in the room even before Louie and even before, you know, Gabby, you know, like, since season one. Like, it's been the elephant in the room that Casey doesn't really like getting close to his victims, whereas that is not Severide and Dawson's, like, that's not the way they operate. And so I'm glad someone finally, like, pointed that out to him, that, like, not everyone's as heartless as you are, Casey. Like. (laughs) Or not everybody's as good at emotionally distancing themselves. Right. Right. Well, yeah. 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 But Casey, Casey's offended face. He's got multiple faces in this episode. Um. There's the Captain Casey face, and then there's the offended face. And, like, oh, the offended face is so funny. Like, Severide's like, well, she knows how you get about getting too close to victims. And Casey's like, fine. Like, it's a total grumpy, like, oh, my God, it's so great. I have to find a screenshot or a gif of it. But just, I, I laughed so hard, and I totally shouldn't have. It was supposed to be a serious scene, and I was like, <laughs> Casey. Like, he's crazy. <laughs> Just, you know how you have friends who, like, you adore them and you love them to death, but they have certain annoying traits about them that, like, holy shit, when they come out, they're bad? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is me with Casey. I love him. He's a fantastic character, firefighter, man, whatever. But when he throws a a hissy fit, it's the worst. Like, he annoys me to no end. And I'm like, Casey, shut up. Go away. I don't want to hear it. Go in timeout and, like, (laughs) fix yourself. (laughs) Yeah. He's the wor- Captain Casey is the worst. He kind of is. Yeah, and there's a lot of Captain Casey this episode. It's like Captain Casey light. Like, yeah, Captain Casey. Because he's only bad for like half the episode, I think. Yeah, no, but this... <sighs> Captain Casey is the worst when he's Captain Casey. It's true. It's true. Just... Yeah, there are. There's like two versions of Casey now. There's like Casey and Captain Casey. Mm-hmm. So Gabby calls Severide and she found Bria's aunt in Joliet and is headed to check it out. So Severide tells her about the food mart, but then also is like, can you talk to Casey? Because it's getting awkward. And he just mentions like Casey's worried about you. And so Gabby's like, "Okay, I'll call him later. Which is basically like we've been talking about. We need to keep track of things for our one Chicago glossary to like define terms like. Call him later is basically code for no way in hell am I mentioning this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I'll call him later. Is like go away. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. talk. Just oh. So then Severide updates Casey, and he's like, he's trying really hard to be Switzerland in the scenario and like stay out of the Dossie drama. But he also is like a super good BFF and totally knows that like he's kind of got to get involved, and so he briefs them and. You know, they're talking or whatever. And then there's also this moment. There's one moment every episode. And again, hi, I'm Gina. I'm obsessed with Kelly Severide's eyes because I just am. There's one (laughs) moment every episode where the camera catches him like just right. And it's like 
blinding blue eyes. Like, you can't see the scene or, like, know what's going on. And you're just like, eyes, eyes, eyes. This was that moment. But... (laughs) (laughs) No, but on the um, Severide, you know, trying to be Switzerland and whatever, I think the thing that I love about this, like, trio friendship is that... And, like, it's kind of highlighted throughout this episode is that, you know... Severide, like, there could be a lot of moments where Severide clearly takes Casey's side and, you know, could just be, like, not as good to Dawson. But, like, they highlight so well that, like, there's such a good friendship between Severide and Dawson. And so, like, he tries to do what's right for both of them and, like, say the right things but also be truthful to both of them. And I think it's just something that was really highlighted in this episode and, like, in this moment in particular. And I just think it... Like, it's just so good. It is so good. Yeah, they're just... And we got a couple emails about that a couple weeks ago about the Dawson Severide friendship and just how it's so good. And it's just like, because it's like, it's unique in its own way. Like, I can't really pinpoint it because it doesn't really fit any typical, like, type of BFFs you usually see on TV. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying is like, it could so easily be like Severide trying to be nice to his best friend's girl. But it's not. Like, it's so much more than that. Yeah, like they're they they have a solid friendship themselves outside right, of Casey. Right, like right. They were friends before Dawson and Casey were ever a thing. And so usually when it happens it's like, "Oh, like I'm just trying to be nice because you're my best friend's girl," but like it's just so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And so Matt flips out about the Juliet news, um, and I couldn't figure out why. He's like, what the hell is she doing? So I Googled, because of course I did. Um, Juliet's like an hour outside of Chicago, so maybe that's why. He's like, why is she driving an hour away? Yeah, that's what I I think. He's why he's freaking out. Yeah, and so Severide says, you know, he's like, I'm not trying to get in between anything. I just want to find Bria. And then Casey's like, I'm here to help. LOL. That's funny. Have you met you, Casey? Like, (laughs) that's cute. That's really cute. So squad three goes to the food mart. Severide just like grabs the squad and is like, let's go. And so they go to this food mart. And before they even get out, Cap's like, hey, get me a Laffy Taffy. Um, who even eats those? Aren't those like the crappy candies at Halloween? Me. Me. Really? If they're offered, like I won't buy them myself, but I eat them. I love them. The purple and the red ones are the best. Um, are they, they're just like Starburst, right? I think they're a little bit better than Starburst, but that's just me. Um, also love that we're getting so many cap one-liners because they literally, like, make me laugh out loud each time. Like, I was watching this when I was home alone, and thank God I was, because I literally laughed out loud. Like, not even joking. I love it. I love it. I remember reading a while back that, like, apparently Cap and Tony have their own scene coming up pretty soon. Yeah, he, um, Derek tweeted about that. He said, yeah, I just wrote them a scene. Like, hope it doesn't get cut. Please don't let it get cut. Yeah, don't let it get cut. We want to see that. Yeah. That'll be good. But he's gotten so many recent. He's gotten so many recently, and they're always so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are pretty funny. And so Severide goes around the corner of this food mart. He approaches a group of teenagers, and they scatter. I feel like Severide probably should have led with, I'm not a cop. Okay, but are these teenagers dumb, though, or are they dumb? Because if you know anything about just, like, firefighter, like, basic things about firefighters and cops... There is a clear difference between a cop uniform and a firefighter uniform, even when the firefighters aren't wearing, like, their coats and all their gear. Like, it's so different. Yeah. Well, didn't Severide have his jacket on that said the, that had the uh, symbol on it? 
I don't know if he had that, but, like, you can tell. Like, if you just take a look at him, you can tell he's not a cop. Right. Yeah. Like, you're, like, are you dumb or are you dumb? Oh, my God. Could you guys imagine Severide as a cop? Oh. Like, could you imagine Severide in intelligence? No. <laughs> like, I feel like he'd fit in, but yeah, I think he'd fit in because he likes to do all the research and the investigating and the creeping, but like, how would he be with a gun and like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he'd fit in from the like, he doesn't wait for people to come to him. Like, he takes initiative and, like, he, if, you know, if he thinks there's something more there, like, he's going to go find the shit and find the dirt. Um, so I think in that way he would fit into intelligence. But, like, he's only a fight. Like, he's not, like, that badass enough. He's badass in a different way. He's not, like, intelligence badass. He's, like, firefighter level badass. Yeah. But, like, I can't see him, like, kicking down doors and, like, all that shit. That's true. Yeah, just I'm sorry. That's a question that just popped into my mind. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, I could see him partnered with Antonio. Sorry, we've gotten off track. <laughs> but Severide as a cop would be like really entertaining. Uh, so are you saying we need a potential spinoff? No, I'm just theorizing because theorizing's fun. All right, yeah. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so, but yeah, no, he's totally, he's in his CFD gear, and he's got the radio over his shoulder, because he said that they were going to go, and, like, you know, if any call came in, they'd be ready, but, yeah, I just, right. if he had just led with, like, I'm not a cop, I feel like that would have gone a long way. Yeah, I just, I think those teenagers are dumb, but that's just Or me. the teenagers were just like, holy shit, an adult, let's run, but. Yeah, uh, who knows? I just, I don't know. So. The kids run and Severide's like, fuck that, I'm not chasing them. And he picks up a dropped phone, which this girl later comes back to the truck to claim. She's fast because, like, she runs one way. He grabs the phone and then goes back to the truck and then she's standing right there. She's yeah. fast. <laughs> but anyway, so Bria, she tells Severide that, like, Bria went to check or see her father at the rehab facility, but then she never came back. And so Severide's like, okay, you know noted this is good information and then the girls just like tell her we're all worried about her so squad leader goes to the rehab center to visit bria's father and this is funny because the receptionist at the desk won't budge and she's like you're not family like you just go away but then she recognizes and then flirts with Cruz. i guess they must have gotten to high school together or something oh, and it's so this great was so this was so good and it just reminds me how much Cruz needs a good love interest I loved when Severide was like, sorry to interrupt. And she goes, well, you did. <laughs> yeah. I like her. Like, if we if we were to see more of her, I would not complain. Like, No. Was- yeah. And, like, I mean, not saying that, like, she's – because she's probably never coming back. But it just reminds me, like, when – like, Cruz and his, like, flirtatious nature with women. Like, he just needs a good love interest. Yeah. He yeah, hasn't he had does. one in a while. Or, like, For really real. ever. But I mean, Sylvie, but that's different. That's different. Oh, and um, Zoya. Ah, Zoya, I forgot about Zoya. Remember that time Cruz almost got married, guys? Yeah, that happened. I do remember that. Ashley, did you see that? Is that season two? Was Zoya, have you seen that? Do you know that? Did I spoil that? Oh, never mind. I spoiled that. Whoops. My bad. Oh, well. Yeah, I do remember that. Cruz almost gets married. It's fine. 
to Otis's cousin? cousin. Yeah, cousin. Zoya. Totally forgot about Zoya. Oh, man. Season one feels like so long ago. Yeah. Oh, was she season one? I thought it was two. It was one or two. I don't know. It was sometime in the beginning. Oh, man. So good. Nice callback. <laughs> so... <laughs> Severide gets in to see Bria's father and Bria's father's like, oh, you're the firefighter who was there with her, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, <laughs> she's like, are you her boyfriend? Um, LOL. That's hilarious. Like, these two have become so Lucas and Haley to me that like any sort of reference like that makes me laugh really hard. I mean, they essentially kind of, I mean, well, except uh, Casey and Severide aren't related, but they might as well be. Right. They might as well be. But they're, they're Lucas and Haley in that, like, any sort of notion of a romantic relationship is, like, repulsive. Yeah. Not that it was ever repulsive with Lucas and Haley. It's just there's that one episode of One Tree Hill when, like, Lucas semi-proposes and Haley's like, that's disgusting. Like, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, no, we're co-workers. I'm like, you're best friends. You stop that. Try it again. But anyway. <laughs> So Bria never came by and her father feels really bad. And he's like, you know, I have to tell her that it's not her fault. Absolutely none of it. And then Severide points to the window and he's like, she came to see you. And I love you, dad, is written on the outside, which is just sad. And so the guy's like, you know, she hates me. This is really sad. Like, I have to tell her it's not her fault. And Severide goes, I know how hard this is. You get clean and we'll make sure to have her here when you walk out, which just made me like tuck that line away because like are, are we alluding to like some mama severide stuff maybe uh that's what i'm thinking but who knows that was interesting that was my first thought too though was like he when he says i know how hard this is well uh, we haven't it's not benny for sure so yeah and know. that plus when i think maybe last week when severide was talking to dawson and he's like I've done it for my mom or something like that, whatever the line was. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Ashley, you have any theories? Mm, no. I mean, we know. Isn't she coming back? Do we know what episode she's coming back in? No, because um, as far as I know, they hadn't cast her yet. But I think it's like maybe probably 17, 18, whatever. Like later on in the season? Yeah. Hmm. It just makes, and we've talked about this before, but it makes me a little nervous that they haven't cast her yet, because, like, it makes me worry that they're going to drop it. I hope not, but I feel like they've mentioned it so much um, that, like, they're going to do it. So, like, I'm hopeful that they're not going to drop it just because they talk about it. So They're talking about it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, But I don't know. So, meanwhile, an hour away in Joliet... Um, Dawson finds Bria's aunt and the, like, long story short here, because Bria's aunt just, like, kind of, not goes off on a tangent, but it's an informative scene. So Bria's aunt basically informs Dawson that her father, Bria's father, drove Bria's mother to commit suicide. Whew. Um, and, you know, when she tells this to Severide, like, both of them are just super concerned. And, yeah, just, that's scary that that, that happened. And so... Meanwhile, while, while all of this is going on, there's a little teeny tiny Casey subplot going on here. When um, we're going to get into the B story here in a little bit about the smell. But basically, Casey is like, 
or no, I'm not Casey. Uh, Bowden's like, hey, you should take the spare office next to mine. And he mentions he's like, you know, I've been using it as storage ever since Patterson was here. Very nice callback to season four. Um, God, the Patterson days were painful. Also, but wait, okay. I literally, okay, two things to say about this. One, we've literally never seen that office in existence. So like, where the fuck did it come from? Two, I just thought about this. If I remember correctly, Patterson took Severide's office. He did not have his own separate office. He took Severide's office because he was filling in for Severide while Severide got knocked down. Patterson took over Severide's quarters. Ooh, good point. He did not have his own office. I think you might be right, but I really don't want to go back to fact check that. Not that I would fact check you, but like I hated the first half of season four. Full disclosure. See, but one of my favorite scenes, though, and like I wasn't a big fan of the like whole Patterson stuff because I thought the Severide getting knocked down storyline was pointless. But one of my favorite scenes of season four is, you know, that um, I think it's in the first episode where they get called to the crack fire and like nobody wants them to come because it's like a crack house and so they like want it to burn um and patterson like just takes full like control and he's like you know what basically like fuck this and he like drives the fire truck right into the um cars it's like one of my favorite scenes like i'll go back and watch that scene forever but i hate the beginning of season four yeah, that, that first half of season four was just painful. I, I, I'll be honest. Um, but I, I don't remember that probably just because I hated Patterson so much. See, I didn't. I don't know. I felt like Patterson was better than. Um, oh, what's the other guy who's filled in? I don't know. There's been a couple. Oh, um, shit. The. Are you thinking of Pridgen? Yes. Patterson was better than Pridgen. Yeah. Like, a lot better than Pridgen. Yeah, I'll go with that. Pridgen was, like, overtly an asshole. Patterson, I I don't know if I hated Patterson because of his methods or just because he knocked Severide down. I hated him because he knocked Severide down, not because of who he was as a person. Pridgen was just an asshole. Yeah, that that whole knocking Severide down a peg was just, like, so not necessary. Nope. Not Severide's fault. No, just... I'm going to start making a list of, like things that I'm still bitter about in one Chicago. <laughs> that might be one of them is the time Severide got demoted. Yeah, except that's got to be number two on the list because uh, Atwater getting tried for murder is still forever number one. I thought you were going to mention the time Aaron ghosted Jay, but yes, Atwater <laughs> being tried for murder was definitely number one. Oh, no. <sighs> Fuck, she ghosted him. Shit. Oh, she ghosted him, but we're not going to talk about that even though I really want to. <laughs> Yeah, that episode was on oxygen the other day, and I couldn't even watch it. Did you yell at the TV? I didn't watch it. I turned it off. Oh man, that's <laughs> when that episode is on. I always blow up the group text, and I'm just like, "Oh, she did it! I can't stand it!" And you two are like, "Gina, you need help!" And I'm like, "I know." <laughs> she just... fucking ghosted him. God damn it! But yes, the time Atwater got tried for murder was really effing bad. <sighs> so bad. Like, hi, everybody. I'm this new character you're supposed to love. Watch as I try Atwater for murder. All downhill from there. All downhill from there. For real. For real. Anyway. <laughs> uh, 
where were we? Okay, so this whole thing with the desk or the office is going on. And, you know, Casey's contemplating it because Captain Casey is a grouch. And so he listens to a voicemail from Gabby. And Gabby's like, I'm sorry that I've been distancing myself. You know, I'll explain everything later. And it prompts him to go speak to Bowden. And he decides to stay in his office so as not to distance himself from his men. And Bowden just kind of gives him one of those Bowden speeches. And he's like, you know, I'm kind of jealous because I kind of miss being out there with all of my men. And he ends it and he's like, you know, sometimes I miss those sneezes and snores. And I'm like, are you talking about your men or a time that Terrence had a cold? I just I can't imagine like I don't really like noise when I sleep I like I'm a light sleeper so like any sort of noise just pisses me off so I can't say I agree with Bowden here what I think it's funny too because like so the way that Casey like subplot ends is you know you see them bringing the beds again we're gonna talk about the smell stuff but they you see them him them bringing the beds back in and Casey like notices all the noise and stuff and he like opens his door and I'm like that's great but I hate like extra noise when I'm trying to do work so like why the fuck are you opening the door to let the noise in like you probably can't get anything done right and he's like smiling about it I'm like are are you out of your mind who are you (laughs) I would stick my head out the door and be like I love you all but quiet the fuck down like right and like I mean yeah I mean I put no like I put music on and stuff but that's different kind of noise than um like people talking true yeah no now we're the grouchy ones yeah, like, it's reverse psychology. Now we're the grouchy ones. Apparently. Not cool. So then at Molly's, at the end of the episode, Gabby updates Casey and Severide because they both love her and they're such a good trio and love them. And so Gabby's phone rings and it's the morgue and they say that, you know, a teenage girl's body has just arrived and they found Gabby's card. And so both Casey and Severide, like, don't even think. And they just get up and are like, all right, let's go. Um, But then Casey turns around and is like, I'll take her. And Severide's like, oh, okay. And they leave. And, yeah, I just, I was really, I wasn't, like, surprised. But I was surprised at the same time. I'm just like, it's about damn time you stopped and thought about somebody else, Casey. And, like, how Gabby's feeling and what Gabby's going through in that moment. And, like actually genuinely like it actually genuinely felt like he wanted to help and like wanted to be there in that situation yeah like he finally realized that it was better to just kind of give in and like find out what's bothering gabby instead of just stand there and judge her yeah no it it really felt genuine yeah and you know a lot like, i i see and hear it a lot from like on twitter and just on social media that some people really think that casey is very judgmental and selfish and I tend to see Dossie through, like, love-colored glasses, and I'm like, they're so great and wonderful and just this perfect couple that I never really stopped to think about it. But, like... I think it's true, like, half the time. Yeah, Casey can be a... Yeah, now that I think about it. Like, it's obvious that, like, if you've ever seen just, like, any Dossie scene, that, like, he cares about her. But, like... There is also, and I think this is established now that I think about it, I think this is established, like, right off the bat in season one, you know, when he's, like, that very first episode in the pilot, or in the pilot, in that very first scene where you see Casey talking to Hallie about, like, wanting kids, he's like, you know, this is what I want, 
And, like, you know, he's like, I, if that costs us our relationship, then that costs us our relationship. But he's like, I want kids. Like, so he is, he does have tendencies of being selfish. But, like, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love Gabby and doesn't care for her. No, right. He absolutely loves Gabby. There's no doubt in my mind about that. uh, He is selfish. I mean, aren't we all then to a little respect, like a little bit? Sure. For sure. But Casey can definitely be selfish, I think, more times than others. See, because I, I see in here the the opposite of that, too, about Gabby. People say that both of them are pretty selfish and judgmental. Yeah. I mean, but I think they are. But, like, not 100% of the time. No, not 100%. But that's I feel like that's usually how it goes with them. It's like something comes up and one of them is not necessarily selfish, but... You know, they maybe push too hard and then they're like, I'm sorry, you know, let me dial it back a little bit and include you in this, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, I think Casey was a little selfish here and a little judgmental. Are you talking about in this scene or just this episode in general? In this episode in general, yeah. I have to kind of go back through the series and like look at it through Casey is selfish and judgmental colored glasses. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's I I would agree. He's pretty. And even last week when um, Casey was like, we're not communicating. And he was like, well, you're going to do what you want to do anyway. Like that was a little passive aggressive. Yeah. And I'm curious to see, though, how next week plays out with the whole Bria and Casey and Gabby stuff. Because if it keeps going like the way it's going and Casey's going to be there and support her without them having had a conversation about it. I really just need them to like blow up at each other. Ooh. Well, because, like, otherwise, they're just kind of sitting here, like, with, like, and yes, he, maybe Casey finally realized, but they need to talk about their issues, and they do need to communicate, or else, like, it's just gonna kind of go smooth sailing, and then they're gonna hit another patch, and they're never gonna talk about it, and, like, you just need to blow up at each other, and then, like, move on. See, but then I wonder how, uh, like, a totally knockdown, drag-out fight with them would go. They don't usually have those crazy, like, blow-up, scream-at-each-other, like, end of season one Jack and Rebecca fights, you know, like, on This Is Us. Yeah. But, like, I feel like if they did, both of them are so stubborn that, like, it would take a while before one of them tried to apologize. Yeah, I mean, maybe not, like, full out, like, Jack and Rebecca end of season one This Is Us fight, but, like, something where they, like, yell at each other and, you know, like, present both of their sides and how they feel. I just feel like that needs to be necessary in order to, like, move on. Interesting. See, I don't feel like that'll clear the air between them, but maybe it will. Well, then, what do you think, how do you think they're going to, like, clear the air between them? See, I think they would have a giant fight, but then it wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't solve anything at first. It tends to be, like, near-death experiences that get them to kind of clear the air. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. We've already had two of those this season, technically. The factory fire and, oh, the the garage collapse. Yeah. So, like, I don't think we're posed for a third anytime soon. (laughs) Two in, like, nine episodes is enough. Well, two Mm. in really, like, four episodes, because that was, like, the first episode. And then, like, the garage collapse was, like, episode four. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're good on near death. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's true. 
like they do tend up but like I don't know, just be a normal couple and fight about it. Like, yeah, just stop, like, using your work to, I don't know, fuel your, just, like, be a normal couple, fight about it, talk about it, and move on. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I feel like we could talk about this for a while. Yeah. Because I have a lot of feelings on that. Goodness. Okay, well, yeah, so let us know what you guys think of the whole Dossie situation. Um so that you guys don't have to listen to us talk about it for like ever and ever. Um, but yeah, let us know. Cause I've got some hot takes on this and I'm sure Brenda and Ashley do as well. So yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely do, but I won't blow people's minds on my Dossie fields. <laughs> okay. But let's also talk about this though. So the episode ended with the call from the morgue, right? Okay. So let's say that the body is Bria. How is this going? How is Dawson going to take this? Oh, she's, She's going in dark hole, guys. She's going deep down in a dark hole if it's Bria. Ashley, what do you think? Yeah, I could see her going, like, way deep into a hole. Yeah, I could see her probably, like, beating herself up over it and then... She's going to be like, I didn't do enough. And then somebody, whether it's Severide or Casey, is going to be like, you did everything you could. You gave her your card. You were there for her. Blah, 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 blah. But, like, she's going to, especially because the last time we saw Bria, you know, she was when, um, like, the social worker shows up and, like, she's being threatened to, like, be taken away from her dad. And then she runs away and Casey, and Gabby's going to be like, well, it was all my fault. And, like, she's going to take that moment such to heart. And it's, yeah, she's going to be in a deep, dark hole. Yeah, it's going to be bad and something we forgot to mention that um when casey was thinking about taking the office he was going through um not he wasn't going through everybody's stuff but he like saw everybody's stuff in boxes and he found a photo of him and dawson and louie and yep yeah and so that was i yeah i'm just trying i guess i'm trying to figure out what the fallout of that's gonna be if if bria is the if if it is bria's body because like is this gonna on them to want to have a baby or are they going to want to foster a child again I guess I'm thinking of like the fallout yeah and I mean it's I never saw like when I thought about this storyline I definitely didn't see it ending with Gabby and Casey fostering her just because then that's like pretty much almost the exact same thing that happened with Louie but I didn't see the whole like they found a body in the morgue shit like, I definitely didn't see that coming. I was telling Ashley the la- in the last episode when we talked about fire, like, my whole theory that, like, it was going to end up being Severide that fosters Bria. But, like, that's not clearly <laughs> probably not going to happen anymore. Oh, my God. I just – maybe I have less faith in Severide, but I could just see him being, like, getting home and being like, I'm going to watch the Blackhawks. Want a beer? Like <laughs> – Yeah, but I think that's kind of the cool – like, I don't know. I think that's kind of the cool – point about Severide like I think that'll be an interesting storyline to see like Severide trying to figure it out um because like he is good with kids like Nathan was all he was like he was always good with Nathan um oh Nathan I know back in the have day. you been rewatching season two and haven't told us no I literally haven't had time to do anything I just my rewatches recent I mean from like 2017 were just that good <laughs> like I just <laughs> remembered that's funny yeah so i mean especially because the promo for next week didn't tell us anything about the bria fallout so that'll be interesting to see how this is going to shake out 
Yeah, for sure. So the B storyline here, of course, is very nice and comedic. And Bryna, will you please take us through it? Yeah. It's just funny timing coincidence that, like, with the whole Al, like, everything, the picture Allison sent us for our Chicago PD episode and stuff, that, like, that happened before, um, like, we had seen this episode. So it's just kind of funny how timing works out. Um, And I knew as soon as they showed, like, the recently on Chicago Fire and they, like, talk about Mr. Sprinkles, I'm like, well, shit. He's dead. Like, I knew it was coming before <laughs> anything happened. Um, but basically, the B storyline goes like this. Um, there's a smell in the bunk room, and, of course, Otis and Herman and Mouch are – it's like they are the only ones that notice it, and, you know, it's up to them to try to figure out the whole situation. Otis literally suspects the whole time. He's like, it's got to be Cap's go bag. Like, of course it's Cap. Like, he smells. And I'm just like, stop blaming Cap for everything. God damn it. Um and then Otis suspects that it's first shift pulling pranks. And he asks Casey, he's like, hey, Cap. He's like, who's, or he's like, hey, Captain, um, who would you suspect on first shift that it would be pranking us? Like, is it, I don't even know the names, but, and then Cap- Captain Casey's like, I don't have time for any of this bullshit. And he doesn't say bullshit. But like, I don't have time <laughs> for any of this. Um, there's Captain Casey being a jerk. And these funny moments always happen when Casey's in a terrible mood. Yeah, of course they do. Like, it's only when something goofy is happening and it's like, Captain Casey's pissed off. Nobody bother him. Yeah. So the smell's still there. Um, And then so then they take even more extreme measures and they clear out the bunk room. But that still doesn't help anything because the smell is still there even after they clear out the entire bunk room, beds and all, and it's still there and it's stronger than ever. Um, And then I don't remember who made this reference, but someone makes a fixer-upper reference and they're like, it's a total teardown. Chip and JoJo would agree with me. It's got to be Otis, right? Yeah, it was Otis because he he thought there was black mold. Oh, I died. He's like, Chip and JoJo would like totally agree with me. Yeah, he's Otis is also very convinced that it's black mold. Like, that's his only thing. Um, and then Mouch suggests that it could be a pipe problem um, because apparently Platt and Mouch are turning their guest room into an Airbnb. And so Mouch has been watching a lot of DIY plumbing videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Can we stay at Platt and Mouch's house when we go in March? Yeah. <laughs> Duh. I'll just cancel our hotel reservation right now. That's perfect. That's perfect. I, I feel like Platt would be, like, not happy about having guests in the house, but I don't care. That'd yeah. Awesome. But then I feel like Mouch is going to be the one that, you know, like, sets up the room with, like, you know, a Keurig machine and, like, all the extra towels and, like, all this stuff. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's great oh my um, god but then I think they I think it was so much funnier that they took it one step further and you see Mounts like trying to work on the pipes um he like they go to the pipe room and he like opens the door and he's like okay and then like they come back like in a different scene and he's like oh well maybe I'm not that good but like he's like working on actively working on the pipes it's just like really funny so great so once the problem, like, once they kind of realize that, like, oh, maybe it's not the pipes, Brett and kids suggest calling Zach, the hazmat guy, which we're going to talk about in a second, 
Um, basically mm-hmm. just because they want an excuse to see him again. Um, and then there's this, like, really awkward um, handshake between it's Zach and um, Casey, right? No, no. It's Zach and Brett and Kid. Because we'll get into it. But, like, Brett – or not Brett – Stella is like she introduces herself to Zach and she's like oh Stella kid and they're shaking hands and so Brett like sticks her hand on top of Stella's to like join the handshake yeah that's true yeah that one's awkward but he also kind of has just like awkward because like because Brett and kid suggest calling him in and like bringing him in and he like shows up like everyone else is just kind of like okay who is this guy like all his Zach's introductions with everyone else is like also very awkward, um, cute but awkward. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he uses Zach's using this kind of machine thing. I don't know what it is to like because Otis keeps saying he's like it's mold, guys. I swear it's mold. Um, and so um, Zach uses this machine thing to kind of figure it out. And so finally he gets like more of a signal coming from the wall. And so he zeroes in on that. Um, and then he like you know, bangs a hole through the wall um, and he like sticks his hand in and he comes out with Mr. Sprinkle's collar. Um, and yeah, he's like, oh, I guess we had a dead um, like critter in here. And as he's holding up the collar, you can see just the look on Otis and Cruz's faces and they're like, oh shit, we're in trouble. Do you guys happen to remember I, a couple of weeks ago when we read this episode description, I can't remember who emailed us, but somebody emailed us and predicted that they said, like, rest in peace, Mr. Sprinkles. And they got it, like, dead right. Yeah. Yeah. I, can't I mean, remember we've who it was, always been, we've always been joking about, like, guess Mr. Sprinkles is dead ever since we've never seen, like, once, like, the episode that, like, originally aired with Mr. Sprinkles that, like, he um, ran away and you were, like, we obviously all assumed that he was dead, but I didn't, I just also don't understand. How the fuck did he get in the wall? I mean, I'm sure he had his ways. Yeah, I guess. Are I guinea pigs rodents? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure he found a way somehow. I don't know, but and, and then so then after like that, Herman and Herman confronts them about it. He's like, you had one job, and they were like, yeah, but we didn't want to upset your kid. And then Herman's like, but. She's like, crap. And he just, like, yelled at them. Um, but then, so as we mentioned before, Truck puts, basically, they clear out the room. Um, and Truck puts the bunk room back together. And then Casey's, this is when Casey cracks his office door to listen to the noise. Um, and then at Molly's later that night, um, Otis presents this painting that Lily did of Mr. Sprinkles to put next to Burgess's vest on their, like, wall of honor. <laughs> which is really funny. <laughs> Um, and Herman's still pissed and basically forces Otis and Cruz into donating $200 to the Chicago Humane Society. And so they do it and then whatever. And then they leave and Herman's like, Hey, Match, you too. And Match's like, what the fuck did I do? And Herman's like, I don't know. It's a, you didn't do anything, but it's a good cause. And so then Match like willingly puts $200 into, and that's the end of this storyline. I about died when... Otis unveiled the painting of Mr. Sprinkles. Oh, my God. And it's good. And then did you guys see Derek's tweet that, like, that's now, like, hanging in his office? 
Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, there's, like, Derek has posted, like, a picture of him with the painting, and, like, apparently it's, like, hanging in his office now. And then it's, like, 2017, and, like, 2017 to question mark? <laughs> like, Yeah, it's funny. Oh, I thought that was funny. I couldn't sleep when I watched this episode. I couldn't sleep, and I watched it at, like, 6.30 in the morning yesterday, and, like, I laughed out loud at that moment. I thought that was hilarious. It was really was funny. funny. Oh, so good. But yeah, so that's the end of that Mr. Sprinkles storyline. Oh, that was funny. That was really funny. So the last bit we have to talk about is uh, Hazmat Zack, because we finally met him, and he is dreamy. Um, so dreamy. Let me see here. Oh, I'm just kind of going through this. Um, Brenna, you can take us through this one as well if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it starts with Brett and Kate get called to this house where a girl's mother's passed out in the basement. And there's, like, some kind of, they don't know what the smell is. So, basically, their plan is to go downstairs, hold their breath, like, run down, get her, and get her back up in, like, 20 seconds or less. Um, and so, they do that. But when they're down there, Stella spots chlorine and ammonia. And so, um, and then she, like, stares at it for a little bit. And then they bring her back up and Stella ends up having to like tape off the bottom so that the, I don't remember what they called the mixture of the chlorine and ammonia, but basically so that that mixture doesn't get like further into the house. Um, and yeah, Gina, you made this point in the outline, but like, I also thought that apparently they were going to try to say the mother was trying to kill herself, but she was just using it to try to like clean the floors. Yeah. Like, isn't that so extreme? I'm like, you're not fucking around if that's the case. <laughs> Where the fuck does one even buy ammonia? I would guess at the grocery store. You can buy ammonia? You can buy chlorine at the grocery store? Well, chlorine's more used for, like, like bleach. Well, yes, but also, like, maybe not chlorine, but, like, like, using bleach and stuff to, like, wipe things down. That's more common. But chlorine, I feel like, is more accessible just because you can buy it in, like, pool stores and stuff. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, like, if you need to clean your floors and you're going to a pool supply store to do so... Oh, yeah, I think it's weird. That's extreme. It's very extreme. But, yeah, I don't... I thought they were definitely going to say she was trying to kill herself, but guess not. Can you get ammonia at the grocery store? This is a mystery to me. You but definitely like, seriously can not. I don't. I don't. I ever recall seeing ammonia in any kind of store. I'm gonna pay attention to that now. But like, also, I mean, you can't just use a Swiffer. Like, it has right. to be chlorine and ammonia. Right. And like for me, like, I mean, I cleaned my bathroom this afternoon, and like. Just using my Swiffer and the Lysol wipes gives me an entire headache. Like, such a bad headache. Like, but it does the job fine. Like, I don't understand why someone has to go to such extremes to clean their body. Whatever. Did she maybe murder someone and was cleaning up the blood? Maybe. (laughs) Who knows? But that is a Chicago PD episode waiting to happen, not a (laughs) fire. We could have had a crossover. (laughs) We could have had a crossover. But anyway, so point being that um, because they had to steal off the thing, they have to call Hazmat in. And this is where we meet Hazmat Zach. So his team went in and, you know, cleaned up all the stuff. And so he comes out to update Kid and Brett. And Kid literally just stares at him the entire time while he's giving this update. 
and like he leaves or whatever and brett's like kid stella hello are you gonna drive like (laughs) but guys we need to take a second to talk about how fucking dreamy hazmat zach is like he's so fucking dreamy Uh, Yeah, he's not bad. And Ashley, you had pointed out that he looks a lot different than the photo that we had seen, but he's still dreamy. Yeah. He's still so fucking dreamy. Well, the photo we had found, I think he kind of had a beard going, didn't he? Yeah, he had, he had like, beard and a long, like long. He hair had longer. Or he had longer hair. Yeah, because I went and looked it back up. But it's also once I thought about it more, I was like, it's his headshot. Like, of course, he looks like more edited and more like polished than he probably would just like on screen normally. But oh my god, he's so fucking. No, he's dreamy. still like really effing dreamy. Like really effing dreamy. Ugh. Yeah. Like so- I totally. When Stella was just, like, staring, I was like, yep, same, same, been there. I just, like, I had so many hard eyes. I was just, like, the, I was just, like, if I was anything, I'd be the hard eye emoji. Like, that was me watching this episode. Um, Anyway, just needed to point that out for a hot (laughs) second. Um, So, basically, they, after they called Zach to investigate the smell, um, Stella and Brett go back and forth on who has dibs to ask him out and Stella's like I live with a guy who's firmly stuck me in the friend zone like I should get dibs and then which actually that's like a badge of honor to be stuck in the friend zone by Severide because usually he'll sleep with anything that moves so yeah if he stuck you in the friend zone that means you're special true and so and then Brett makes a comment about how she's like I just broke up with Antonio like I really need this It pissed me off because if you want a guy, you literally had no, like, you could have been with Antonio. Like, I'm sorry. You're the one that talks about, you're like, oh, like, I just kind of want to be, like, not in a relationship and, like, living my life. Like, if you wanted a guy, go have Antonio. Like, right? Yeah. Like, I guess... Maybe she wanted something fun with this guy, but like she she even told Antonio last week that they what they have is fun. Right. It really it really pissed me off. Um but anyway. So Zach comes to the firehouse or whatever and Brett and Stella go up to him. Um but Stella doesn't get to stay long because Truck 81 gets call- like Casey calls them into a separate room to like have a meeting or whatever. So Brett ends up talking to him. And she does, like, a really good friend thing and talks up Stella and talks about how great Stella is and all this stuff. And so then Zach ends up asking for Stella's number. Um, And, yeah, that kind of, for the most part, is how it ends. I mean, Stella talks to Brett about, you know, what she talked to Zach about. And then, you know, Brett tells her. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of the end of Hazmat Zach. I like Hazmat Zach. I like Hazmat Zat, and I like the fact that we're going to see him again a couple times. I hope he doesn't turn out to be an asshole. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope not. Ashley, thoughts on Hazmat Zach? I like him, yeah. He's cute. He's so fucking dreamy! <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Can't deny that. So fucking dreamy. Like, I totally want Stellaride to, like, 
rise and I want them to get over being stubborn and like finally realize that they like each other. But I also like Hazmat Zack, so... I really like Hazmat Zack. I know. And I like that nobody's calling him Zack. We're just calling him Hazmat Zack. <laughs> He's gonna forever be Hazmat Zack. Yeah. Thinking Now I'm thinking about what a possible ship name is. Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking too. Stack. <laughs> yeah, stack. stack. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to work hazmat in there. Zella? Zella? No, that's not good. Yeah, I was trying to think hazmat. Hazmat Stella? Hazmat kid. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, because like kid is like a child, like hazmat kid. That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. But yeah, that's about the entire episode. Um, It was good. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's not my favorite, but it was good. Well, and I bring this up because, Bryna, you had an interesting point right before we started recording. Um, Remind me what my point was again. Well, you're just you're having a hard time with fire this season. Oh, yes. I'm having I'm having a harder time with fire. I like it. But, you know, we were talking about the idea that. Because it's not always been like this, where there's at least usually been, like, sometimes double shows on at least one night. Um, And I think it's hard for fire because fires always last. You know, so it's, like, meditators on Tuesdays, PD on Wednesdays, and fire on Thursdays. And just kind of when you get to the end of the week, I'm just kind of tired of, as much as I love One Chicago, like, I'm just kind of, like, One Chicago'd out by that point. Um and so, yeah, like, I'm having a harder time getting through it. Doesn't mean I still don't like it. Um, but I'm having a little bit of a hard time getting through it. And I also brought this up just because I think, at least from our side of what we do, so I, you know, kind of am the one who's always uploading the episodes and, like, looking at our traffic and things like that for how our episodes are doing. And when we first started our podcast – you know, everything we did, like, everything we got was fire this, fire that. Like, questions, like, throwing things in there about Dossie. Like, that's what everyone wanted to talk about. And our fire episodes always did so much better. And now, recently, for the past couple of weeks, so even since fire's been back on, like, fire's been last in terms of just the interaction we've gotten from our listeners. Um, our fire episodes have been way down. And so I'm wondering if that's how everyone's feeling, like if if everyone's having just a harder time getting through fire, if we've just lost a lot of our fire listeners because, like, people think we're biased towards PD or something like that, like they've listened to us long enough that they just don't like us, which is totally fine, and well, that's what it is, um, but I just don't know what it is, so I don't know if that's just, like, me feeling this or if I'm seeing a trend, like, in our episodes, like, and in our content as well. Well, I think – I because when you mentioned this earlier, I started thinking that I think the move to Thursday has hurt fire more than anyone thought it would. Yeah. Because – the ratings have been down and not even not even in terms of, you know, our podcast, the ratings have been down like way down. Yeah. And I'm sure I mean, I don't know what it was compared to last season because last season was the first season I watched live. But I know like them coming off of um, 
Weren't they on the same night as This Is Us last night? Or last year, too? Yeah, This Is Us with the lead in, and then it was Med and then Fire. I think. Um, well, yeah, This Is that Us was the lead in for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This and is us, yeah, so too. I just think. Yeah, like, they just, they always had such bigger lead-ins, and now they have shitty shows, for the most part, leading them in. I mean, I'm not a big fan of great news, but that's besides the point. Um, oh, no, let's touch on great news, because great news is terrible. Um, yeah. There's my hot take. But, yeah, I mean, we came from Tuesday night, which, with Ashley just said, was, like, it's super strong programming on NBC on Tuesday night with, you know, the voice and this is us and like yes fire is big enough that it doesn't need a lead-in but since it airs late it has a lead-in right but like you know it's a lot stronger programming on tuesday and on thursday i can't i I don't i feel like nobody's really watching nbc if they are they're probably watching will and grace and then turning off great news and then coming back if they remember to come back because great news is terrible right yeah and i think too just at least from, I mean, as someone who's really into sports, like, in the fall, you know, you have Thursday night football now. Like, Thursday night football is a thing. And now that, like, football's kind of getting ready to go off and Thursday night football is a thing, like, Thursday night is a huge night for basketball. Like, Thursday night's the biggest, like, one of the biggest nights for basketball. So, like, if you're into sports at all, like, you're probably watching sports on a Thursday night. It's also TGIT on ABC. Yeah, and ABC. Right, and I mean, yeah, they've got AG, yeah, ABC's, like anybody's strong I think even just across all the networks like anybody's like strongest lineup is TGIT on ABC like that is just like such great like market from a marketing standpoint like that's just such a great lineup so yeah I don't know so I don't know what I mean I don't know what it is but I've felt like go ahead go ahead I was just gonna say I felt the disconnect not for me necessarily, but just, like, even on Twitter, like, I feel like I don't see nearly as much about fire. Like, I don't know what it is, but something's going wrong somewhere. I, I can't even blame it on the hiatus for football, like, the six episodes. Because, I mean, six episodes is a lot. If we'd only gotten, like, two or three, I could see that. But, like, we got six episodes. Yeah. So... But th- yeah, and I guess just com- but comparatively, like, PD got more. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Are they not, like, promoting it enough? Like, you know how they do the promos and stuff, like, show them all week? Do they not do that enough or something? I don't know. I don't watch NBC enough to... Yeah, they're still doing that, but I feel like now that you bring that up about PD and Med and how PD got a bunch of episodes and Med had come back, like, late, right in, like, right before us that their hiatus was, what, like, two weeks? Um, Yeah. It's kind of a double whammy of, like, I think the hiatus for football and the move to Thursday... It's really hurting fire this season. And I wonder if NBC is just relying on the fact that it's fire to, like, get them through. Right. Well, and then you also think about now, like, you know, with the Olympics, like, everyone's getting just, like, four episodes before they all go on hiatus again. So, like, you literally then with fire, you're getting another double whammy with another hiatus. Um, so I think it'll be interesting once we come back in March and we're on pretty much every week until May for the most part is, I mean, we haven't seen a schedule, but like, I'm assuming that's how it's going to work. Um, I'll be curious to see how that changes. And Fire's been good. These episodes have been really good. And so I really am, I'm, I really 
want to blame Thursday because like you know there's nothing different this isn't like as I referred to before I have a really hard time with the first half of season four there's my honest opinion on that and this does not this is not season four to me like season six has been very very good and so I think I think it's I think it's Thursday that's like just killing people so NBC this is our plea not that you guys listen even though we kind of wish you would but this is our plea that you know for season seven I'm going to be confident and say that there's going to be a season seven please move it back to Tuesday yeah please but then the problem is so like where does med go before a fire but they're they're not gonna move this is us yeah that's true this no because they tried to move this show. is us and yeah they didn't do it yeah they are they already tried moving this is us and then moved it back damn it like over the they're not moving this is us because that's their like prime spot and it's their prime show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I think it's just like, I don't know. I think the, like, just all the hiatuses. And like like I said, like, Fire's been good. I just have been having a hard time getting through it. I think just because it's so inconsistent on when it's on. And like, you know, I get myself really hyped up for like a couple weeks of Fire. And then I'm like, oh, well, shit. Like, then it's going off again. And then it comes on, and then it goes off, and then it comes on, and then it goes off. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Hey, guys, hit us up about this. Like, how? what do you guys think is to blame for the low ratings this season? Because obviously, if you're listening to this episode, you watch and love Chicago Fire. So, you know, tell us why you think the ratings have suffered or why, you know, Thursday has hurt the show so much. Please let us know because, yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting – issue going on right now but i think too just like it's interesting when you compare it i don't know what meds ratings have looked like and i'd be interesting to see them especially now that they have a this is us lead in but like pds have been like some of the strongest in like the entire series history and they've got svu just like they always have right and they've always been what they've always been wednesday nights with a svu lead in for the most part right right yeah, yeah so like I don't know what it is. Guys, side note, totally unrelated. So um, I bought an SUV this week and I have to like stop myself every time I'm saying SVU and like SUV. I have to like stop myself and be like, what are you talking about right now? Okay, cool. Like, (laughs) so I don't confuse them. Anyway, but yes, SVU has always been the lead in. Yeah. So and I don't know, like I said, I mean, they've had some of their like series high ratings this season, Um, but yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Just, yeah. It's been good. And so that's why, it, like, it makes me sad that, like, it's not doing as well. Yeah. And I don't think they would ever cancel it until they're, like, ready to, like, cancel them all um, for the most part. Um, just because Fire started it. But, like, so I'm not worried about it from, like, a is this going to be canceled, like, side. But, like. I don't know. Yeah. I remember seeing there was a tweet from like the cancel bear or something the other day that said like all the Chicago shows have numbers within the range of renewal. So like I don't think we have to worry about that. But it just is it just sucks that, you know, fire suffering like this when the episodes have been really good. Yeah. So just just theories and wondering what's up. So but yeah, like let us know if you have any theories or what you guys think. So um yeah, and that's, I think that's our episode for today. Um, you know, we kind of ended on a serious note, but that's okay. 
Um, yeah, so as always, we're on social media. We're everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, meet us at Molly's. Um, email us. Please email us. DM us. Email us. We love to hear from you. And we've been getting a lot better about responding to everybody. Um, I think we have at least. Um, yeah, so we're trying. But yeah, email us. It's meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. Um, we found out this week that photoshops are one of the ways to our hearts. Thank you, Allison. Um, yeah, and so email us, get in touch with us however you want. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. And Ashley. I'm at Ashnick095. If you are attending the Chicago Heroes event in March, don't forget about that purchase deadline coming up. Uh, January 31st is the deadline for the Lottie's party and the group photo, and February 12th is the purchase deadline. Um, We'll be there, and we are so excited, and we cannot wait. So Super excited. Super excited. 40 we days, really Gina, from today. I saw that on the website today. 40 days. Which means 39 now because it's technically Monday when you're listening to this. Yeah. No. But it's Ooh, getting I'm excited. Do you remember when we were like, oh, it's like five months away? Like, yeah. We're like, it's we're like so far We're away. going, but we don't have to worry about it right now because it's half a year away. <laughs> no, now it's like soon. I can't believe February is like here next week. I know. It's crazy. That is so crazy. But yeah, so that's our episode for today. We will see you guys on Friday for a brand new episode of Chicago Med and no, just Chicago Med. There's no PD this week. Oh, sad face. Um, But yeah, we'll see you on Friday for episode 37 and everybody have a good week and we will talk to you then. Bye.